All this pain, and he said, Mary says, Because if God has been good, Mary says, He can do it again. Job went on trusting in the God he says that at last everything that I have was given to me by this God so if I'm losing all these things by his hands or by he allowing it why do I curse him when I was coming from my mother's womb did I come with gold did I come with the sheep did I come with all these things I didn't come with them so Amen. amen Shall we give a clap of us? We welcome the living voices. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Oh, you can do it better unto the most high God. Amen. 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 
We continue to worship our maker. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.
to you. You want to put your hands together and bless and celebrate the name of the Lord, the King of Kings. Oh, I believe our God deserves a better praise. Come on. Do it unto him. We praise you. We bless you. The Bible says that clap. Praise the Lord with a clap offering. Praise the Lord with a shout. Praise the Lord with a tambourine. Praise the Lord with the string instruments and it is a good thing to give thanks unto God. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we are here in the house of God and God is about to bless your life. Oh, your amen was weak. I said God is about to bless your life. God is about to turn your story around and give you a mighty push forward. You are going to live for joy. You shall rejoice in the Lord your God. Hallelujah. Amen. This morning we are blessed and privileged to have in our midst a very distinguished man of God, a member of this church, my brother, my friend, my ministry partner, one who is part of us in this work of the ministry. And uh, uh, the past two weeks has been pretty busy. But today, he decided to make time and be able to come and worship with us. Isn't it a blessing? Shall we appreciate the presence of Reverend Henry Johnson? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know, this is, this is a true friend, a true member. Amen. He's not coming here just to come and preach. He's part of us. So once, once he's in Ghana, I mean, he comes around. You know, that's it, to come and bless us. Amen. And I believe that by at the uh, close of the preaching, is we'll 
impart something into our lives. Amen. Amen. He will speak. Anytime you meet a man of God, one of the key things you must desire is that he should speak into your life. When you read Joshua 6, he says that when you meet the people in Judges, he says, bless the people of Israel and say. So it is the saying that we use in blessing. So when you meet a man of God, what you have to convert from the man of God is a saying. Don't look for money from a man of God. Don't look for shoes. Don't look for anything. All you are looking for is a saying of the word of God in his mouth into your life. It's a saying that will turn your life. All that men of God have is the sayings in their mouths. That will turn. So if you if you meet a man of God, just just compel him or stir up something in him so that he will say. And what he will say, God and the Bible says God confirms the words of his servants and he will perform the counsel of his messengers. Amen. We also have here in our midst um, the uh, family of our late sister and member Madam Janet Maulowo Yeno. God willing, um, at the end of the service, we'll introduce them as well. I want to say you are most welcome. We appreciate you. Amen, brother. Glory to God. And I also want to welcome everybody into the house of God, um, into the house of praise, to the house of blessing. God is going to bless you. Amen. Shall we pray? Your presence. Who is like Lord in all the earth? Matchless love and beauty, endless worth. Do you believe that nothing in this world can satisfy? Nothing in this world can satisfy. Jesus, you're the cup that never. Jesus, you're the cup that won't run Let's sing again. Who is like your Lord in all the earth? Who is like your Lord in all the earth? Much less love and beauty and less words. Much less love and beauty and less words. Nothing in this world can satisfy. Nothing in this world can satisfy.
pressure of my heart and of my soul. In my weakness, you are merciful. In my weakness, you are merciful. Redeemer of my path and pleasure. Redeemer of my path and pleasure. Shut it future days to come. Let's sing again. Treasure of my heart and of my soul. Treasure of my heart and of my soul. In my weakness you are merciful. In my weakness you are merciful. Redeemer of my past and present wrong. Redeemer of my past and present wrong. You are the holder of future days to come. All my days on earth, come on, let's sing that part. We go. All my days on earth, I will away. The moment that I see you face to face. The moment that I see you face to face. Nothing in this world can satisfy. Nothing in this world can satisfy. She said you the cup lifts up your voice to praise illumination this morning come and minister your word unto us very powerfully let the laws be saved the sick be healed the bound be loosed in jesus christ's name somebody say a big amen. amen can you pick your bible and say this is my bible lift your bible say this is my bible i didn't say she said i said lift your bible up and let's pray together say this is my bible it contains the word of god i am what it says i am i can do what it says i can do I'm about to receive the rich, unfailing, and grafted word of God, which is able to save my soul and give me an inheritance in the kingdom of God. My life is moving forward and getting better and better every day in every way. I am blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Amen. God bless you. Take a seat. Hallelujah. Well, I'm continuing my teachings on the altar. Hallelujah. And... Um, Today, I'll be talking about significant things about the altar. But I just, for the sake of those who are not around, I just want to recap for a few minutes and then we'll get on. We said that, first of all, God is a God of communication. Somebody say, God is a God of communication. And God communicates by using different things. He communicates what He uses 
in communicating to us are known as points of contact. Some of the points of contacts. The three main points of contact God uses in communicating to us are altars, gates, and covenants. Somebody say altars, gates, and covenants. Amen. And uh, we remember Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against that. You cannot gain access to any place without gates. So gates are entry and exit points to places. Amen. In, in Genesis 28:17, we find um, Jacob having an encounter with God and he said, this is the gate of heaven. So there is a gate of heaven and then there is a gate of hell and there are gates to cities. And when we are going to nations, you need to go through gates. In fact, if you don't use a gate, then you are not going through a legitimate means. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And no, anybody who tries to go to God, not through Jesus, but through any other means, is not a legitimate means. Amen. And in Psalm 104, he said, enter his gate with thanksgiving in your heart and enter his court with praise. Amen. So that's what I'm saying, that gates are what? Pathways by which God, I mean, ministers to us, or points of contact that he communicates to us. And then we also talk about the fact that uh, God communicates with us through covenant. Uh, covenant is an agreement between two groups of people. That one does A, the other does B. Is that right? For the other. And then we have two types of covenant. We've got a Sunteke covenant and a Diatheke covenant. The Sunteke covenant is a covenant between men and men of equals. So if you have marriage covenant, for instance, it's a Sunteke covenant. A covenant between a um, husband and a wife. They are two human beings at the same level. Then we've got the Diatheke covenant. The Diatheke covenant is a covenant between a superior being and somebody who is down. And so that's a covenant actually between man and God. Diatheke, Deus, is relating to a covenant between man and God. And God has given us various kinds of covenants. And we say one of the covenants is Exodus chapter 23, verse 25 and 26. And you shall serve the Lord your God, and he shall bless your bread and water. Just like when you work at a place. When you're working at a place, it's a covenant. You work for somebody, he pays you. Is that right? And so God says that if you serve me, I will pay you. I will take care of you. Unfortunately, many people think that once I go to church, I must be blessed. No, it doesn't happen that way. God's love is unconditional, but his blessings are conditional. Amen? Amen. Every parent loves all his children, okay. But his, what they give to their children depends on what those children do for their parents. I didn't have an amen. amen. Yeah, so, so the pay or the reward God is going to give to us is based on what we do for him. Can I have an amen? amen. And the Bible says that you shall serve the Lord your God and he shall bless your bread and your water. I will take sickness away from the midst of thee. This is part of the covenant. That's why the Bible says healing is the bread of the children. And then verse 26 says that there shall nothing cause your young nor be barren in your land. That means that there shall be no miscarriage of anything. Any, it means that when you take a seed, you take it all the way to the point of fruition. When you start a business, you'll enjoy the fruit thereof. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. 
You enjoy the fruit thereof. Can I have an amen? amen? Yeah. And he said the number of your days are fulfilled. It means that whatever you are supposed to be doing in the number of your days, see, God is going to do it for you. And you will live and live the length of days he has ordained for you. In fact, in Psalm 128, you see another covenant over there. Psalm 128, quickly. Verse number 1. Psalm 128. 128. Let's do that quickly. I just want to... Somebody who is fast should please take care of that thing for me. Psalm 128. Blessed is everyone that fears the Lord. It means that once you have reverence for God, you are blessed. Amen. That walketh in his ways. So anybody who walks in the ways of... So, you see, to be blessed by God, just walk in his ways. Amen? Yeah. You To be blessed. And the verse number two, quickly, verse number two, you, the one who walks in his ways, this is what he says, you are blessed, and because of that, you shall eat of the labor of your hands. May you eat of the labor of your hands. Yeah. Happy shall that be. That means that good things will happen to you. And it shall be well with you. Slap somebody and say, it shall be well with me. Kick the mess person and say, it shall be well with you. And he said, your wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the side of your house. You see, these are scriptures that you must claim. These are covenantal scriptures. Amen. And your children shall be olive plants round about your table. Ooh, I love that. Verse 4. Behold, this is what will happen. That shall be the man be blessed that fears the Lord. It means that this is a covenantal blessing that once you fear the Lord, these blessings will come to you. Yeah. Psalm 112, verse 2 and 3. And then you go to Psalm 113, verse 7 to 9. First, His seed shall be mighty upon the earth. May your seed be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Verse 3. Verse 3. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. So it means that poverty is not allowed to knock at your door. And the door of your children. His righteousness endure forever. Okay, let's jump to Psalm 113 verse 7 to 9. We're just warming up. Hallelujah. Now he, God, raises the poor out of the dust. So if you are poor, get ready to be raised out of the dust. And he leaves the needy out of the dunghill. Amen. Verse, the next verse, that he, may, that he may set him with the princes, even with the prince of his people. It means that God will pick you out of the place of shame and set you, cause you to walk within the corridors of power. Verse 9. He maketh the barren woman to keep house and to become a joyful mother of children. That shall be your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, we said according to the Miriam website, so I've talked about covenants, I've talked about gates, and I'm coming to the altars. According to Miriam Webster Dictionary, the altar is a place or a mount where gifts are offered or incense are bent in some religion. It is also a platform or a table that is used as a center of worship. Is that right? So a platform, as I'm standing, where I'm standing is a platform where... It becomes a center of worship. An altar also is a place of worship. So this whole place, this whole church is, a, is, a, is, a, is an altar. 
is a place of praise, a place of sacrifice, or a control tower where many things are initiated and happen. So as a matter of fact, on the altar, things are initiated and things happen at the altar. Amen. And it is also a place where humanity meets divinity. I think that's the that's most important part. A place where what? Humanity meets divinity. So, you see, God is everywhere. But you can't meet God everywhere. Even though God is omniscient, is that right? Uh-huh. And omnipotent, His potency is not manifested everywhere. Is that right? And His omnisciency is not manifested everywhere. And then His omnipresence, that means that He's everywhere, yet you don't feel Him everywhere. You don't feel him at the discos. You don't feel him at the red zone area. Because in the red zone area, all you feel is Shatawale and Ko. Eh? And the guy with the beer sack or the and Ko, their music. Are you getting me? You don't feel him. But when you, when you come to church, you will feel him here. When you come here, you will feel Shatawale here. You will feel Abadan here. You will feel Sakodia here. But you will feel Jesus here. Yeah, you feel him here. So that is where God is. God is God is so you realize that and the reason why God is here, you see, the reason why God is here is because of the fact that there is something we do that draws his presence. And when you go to the red zone too, there is something they do there that draws the presence of immorality. Are you following me? Yeah, and when you go to the discos also, there are certain things that they do. So everywhere, and the kind of spirit that is attracted to the place, depending on who meets there and for what. So the church is a place of worship. It's an altar. So anytime you are stepping here, know that you are stepping into a holy place. That even though God is everywhere, you are stepping into a precious place. That if your faith is high, you as you step in here, without the prayer of the man of God, without anything, you know that you have stepped into the atmosphere of God. Because you see, you cannot enter the ocean. You cannot get into the body of water and not become wet. It means that you cannot step into the house of God and not absorb God. If you, can, if you come to church and you are not absorbing God, then your raincoat is very heavy. Then it means there is something wrong with you. You see, you cannot keep coming to this church week after week and your mind is not changing. Your life is not changing. Then it means that you have coated your mind with serious quota. Are you getting me? You must change. When you get to a village kitchen where the smoke is coming, your dress automatically picks the smoke. You meet a lady and some of the ladies, when you shake their hands, Charlie, the perfume and the, the, the cream on their hands, it will be on you for the next one week. Hey. Charlie, the thing that is in your hand, you know, you have to just put it in your pocket and say, Lord, this is powerful. <laughs> so, so when you come to the house of God, Definitely God will affect you. That's the reason why sometimes you come, as you come to church, you feel down, you feel heavy. Sometimes you even feel unwell. Something is following you, but the moment you get here, 
You see, God, the thing is cut off like that. Because you have entered the arena of God. You have come unto Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, to an innumerable company of angels, to Jesus Christ, the mediator of the new covenant, to the blood of sprinkling, that speaketh better things than the blood of men. So the blood begins to speak on your behalf. And work for you. The blood is working for you. Amen. So as you come to church, you must know that we have come to a very important altar. And the altar is a place where divinity, humanity meets divinity. And you are coming to meet your God. It's a place where we have agreed to meet God. So when you come here, you must, you must, be, you, you must be wild. That I want more of God in me. I didn't have an amen. amen. Now, so I said the purpose of the altar is, is a place where destinies are shaped. It means that when you come to church, your destiny will be changed. And when you come to the altar, your destiny will be changed. So on the altar, why will your destiny be changed? Because on the altar, that is where things are initiated and things happen. That's the reason why we are married. We don't marry, we don't marry on the field. Is that right? We don't go to a crossbow stadium and marry, stand in the middle there and marry. We play football in the middle, in the center place, a crossbow stadium. But when we are married, we come to the altar. Why do we come to the altar? So that the presence of God from the altar will bless us. Yeah. So it's not enough even to have customary marriage and say, no, I'm there. That one is between your families. But let the hand of God also come upon the relationship. There are two types of altars. We say we have the satanic altar, and then the, or, or, the, or the demonic altar, and then the altar of God. A satanic altar is where demons are invoked. Demons are invoked. And then the altar of God is a place where the presence of God is drawn. The altar of God is divided into two. We have got a personal altar... And then a corporate altar. The personal altar is where you fellowship and seek and meet your God. Amen. Where your life is molded. Your life is transformed. And uh, in Exodus chapter 20 or so, it talks about the fact that God said that the altar must be made of earth. The reason why the, the altar must be made of earth is so that your life will be what? Earth is moldable. So it means your life will be moldable. So when you, in your personal altar, as you come to your personal altar, and you come and you are praying, God will convict you of some sins. As you are reading the Bible, God Lord will show you certain things, what to do and what not to do. So it is molding your life, it is changing your life. And when we also come to, so that's your personal altar, is that right? Now when we come to corporate altar, the corporate altar is the, we can, uh, the altar that is either in your home, where you pray with your family members, and friends, or a place that you go to, to go and pray. And then another part of the corporate altar is to come to church, where we come to the altar here, where marriages are blessed, and babies are dedicated. Now, one of the reasons why you must bring your child into the house of God. You see, something that many of us probably didn't get when we were growing up, because our parents didn't know, is that when you bring your child to the house of God, you are, you are showing your child where your child must come to. Amen. I realize that most of the parents, women, when they are pregnant and they come to church, 
and we keep praying for them. When they give birth, their babies even know our voice. Yeah, yesterday, somebody brought the baby. Somebody, one of our sisters had to brought the baby. And as they brought the baby, and I picked the baby, I started, the baby started laughing. And the baby started looking at me. Anyway, I tell them, they, they, I've been praying for the child whilst it was in the womb. So when he came out, he knew my voice. Yeah. He knew my voice. And so it is important that when you, when you give birth, don't just say we have adored the baby is in the house. Bring the baby into the house of God where the presence of God will work on the child. I'm going to show you some scripture from Revelation. If at the end of my preaching I haven't mentioned it, remind me. To show you the importance of the altar. What happens? That's the reason you don't just meet a man somewhere there. We love each other. We've seen our parents. We've taken schnapps and go. So we are married. No. You must bring the, the relationship to the altar of God. In fact, it must be the altar first before the bed. So, someone say altar, altar before the bed. But if you still went to bed before the altar, you can still come to the altar and then say that the old is cancelled and there's a new beginning. Yeah. Because God, you see, one thing about God is that God is always a God of restoration. Is that right? He's a redemptive God. That's the reason why even at the time man sinned, he was already looking at the future. And and then prophesying our redemption. So, no matter what, any negative thing you do, don't kill yourself and don't feel that. If only you come back to God and repent, the Lord will redeem you from the situation and raise your life up. Can I have an amen? amen. Are we being blessed? Amen. Okay. Then we mentioned three things that pollute the altar. The altar of, of God. They are idolatry, bloodshed, and sexual sins. Acts chapter 15 verse 20. These were the three things that when the, the council at Jerusalem, they mentioned that the people must be worried of. Are you there with me somebody? We write unto them that they abstain from pollutions of idols and from fornication and from things strangled and from blood. So Christians don't eat blood meal. Amen? Christians don't eat blood meal. That means that when you kill an animal, cook your food well. Don't pour the blood and add pepper and things and eat. Christians don't do that. God said Christians should not do that. Number two, Christians should not be involved in idolatry. And that was one of the main... Are you guys checking the thing? Who is there? Pastor Beku, are you checking it? Pastor Beku, is that Pastor Beku sitting there? Hey, check it please. These things, and the egg is life. So if the sperm and the egg meet, it's still life. That is there. It's not just any bad thing. It's there. And then by mitotic divisions, it begins to, you know, cell divisions and all those things. Take place. Mitosis. One, meiosis. One, two, three, and all those things. And before I realize, you know, cell differentiation, hair has formed, ear, nose, whatever. But God says, once you're a clot of blood, you're a, you a human being. So, do not commit. And in order not to commit abortion, it means that don't go and have sex outside of marriage. And if you are also married and you are not planning for a child and the child comes, hallelujah. Just receive the child. You never know what the child will become. 
Amen. And even if you didn't also plan, you probably were even not married, and a child comes, please don't kill the child. Don't commit double sin. You just take the child. You will never know. Listen, there are many people walking around who were born outside of wedlock. But Jehovah, in his own mercy and grace, has turned the lives of these people around. And these people have been used to be a blessing to generations. Can I have an amen? amen. So never, never say that. Throw anybody away. Amen. amen. Okay. Now today, we are talking about the significances of the altar. Somebody say significance of the altar. Number one. An altar is a place where you make a sacrifice or an offering. Now in Genesis, by the time we, we get to Genesis chapter 8, we find out that the earth was so full of sin that God wanted to destroy the earth. So he mandated Noah to build an ark. And can you imagine, for 120 years, Noah was building an ark. Somebody will imagine, will wonder, how come 120 years? Because those days, they used to live for long. Amen. The youngest person who lived around that time was Enoch, who was around 300 and something years. And he was even taken up. Methuselah lived over 900 years. Lots of them. God originally didn't create the human body to die. It was when man sinned, that the sin brought about a degeneration of the human being. And then, over the period, our ages have been coming down, 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 down. But those days, so there will be hundred and something years and they will be giving birth. Two hundred, then they will be giving birth. Wow, what a blessing. May you be hundred years and be giving birth. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hundred years and you are producing. Both husband and wife. Yeah. So you, you see you, you, you see signs. You see signs. Before before this problem came, people were giving birth at old age. But when sin came in, that is when now science is saying that at a certain age you cannot be this and this. It means that this God can defy scientific principles. That is why he overcomes as El Shaddai, he overcomes his Elohim principles. The Elohim principles are the scientific principles he has put in place. That he overrides. Every miracle you need, may the Lord override his Elohim principles. Amen. Any scientific principle that is against you, may the Lord overpower that. Amen. Any human principle, may the Lord overcome that. Amen. Any legal principle, may the Lord overcome that. Amen. And may the Lord release to you the miracle you deserve in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Now when Noah prepared the ark, he, after that, after the flood, Noah offered a sacrifice. In Genesis chapter 8, verse 20 to 22. Let's read it. And when he offered a sacrifice, he raised an altar. Someone say he raised an altar. You see, there was so much sin in the world. And then God destroyed the earth, that earth at that time, with water. Is that right? Uh-huh. So Noah actually became like a replacement for Adam from Noah's time. And then after the flood, you see something bad had happened. And so Noah built an ark unto the Lord. That means that, and I've told you that you can build, sorry, an altar. You can build altars to devils and you can build altars unto the Lord. 
He built an altar unto the Lord, took of every clean beast. He just didn't build the altar. He took of every clean beast, every clean fowl, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. That means that he raised a sacrifice. Amen. And then the Lord smelled a, save, a sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, it means that any time we raise a sacrifice, it causes the Lord to speak. I told you that the altars will speak. Behind every altar is a spirit. And the altar is only as powerful as the sacrifice you place on it. So when you, you see, the altar is a place of communication. But the communication takes place through the medium of your sacrifice. It means that no sacrifice, no communication. So when there's a sacrifice, there is a communication. That's the reason why the traditionalists will raise up sacrifices and things to be able to communicate with their spirits. Are you getting me? Now, watch it. When you, when you see the traditionalists, they will put the egg there, the mash yam there, the drink there by the side. The following day, you go and it hasn't eaten. The egg is there, the mushroom is there, the libation plus the gene they put there is still there. But the fact that they put those things there with the mindset of calling on those spirits on the altar, they are, those spirits are activated to work for them. Are you following me? In the same way too, when we come to the altar of God and then you take your offering, and then you put your, your offering, your sacrifice on the altar. If nobody picks it up to go and put an offering bowl or whatever, one day, one month, the thing is there because God does not eat cities. But because it's something from your heart, and the money is your sweat, which is a representation of your life, whoever puts the sacrifice there, God will visit that life. Because you activate the, the spirit behind the altar. Are you following me? So, so the altar is a place of what? Communication. That's the reason last time Reverend Henry came and he spoke something very powerful that from this pulpit, your life can be made or made. If you open up and actually stand here, is this place? This, uh, this place actually is the authority ground of the man of God. And anybody he delegates. And that's the reason why when you come and stand behind somebody's pulpit, number one, anytime anybody invites you to stand in his pulpit, you must give honor to the person. Because you are standing in place of the person. Primarily, number one, it belongs to God. It's a place where God speaks to you, but God delegates also somebody in a local church or in a place for him to speak to you. So it means that when you are called, it means that you are sharing in the grace of that person. Number two, when you are called and you are doing anything and it looks like it is even working, don't think that it is just you. It is a certain grace that God has put on that altar. Am I preaching to you? So you don't become puffed up. So anytime I go to any place, I honor the man of God. In fact, even if it's not a senior pastor, listen, maybe I go to a branch church, I give honor to the general overseer because he's the initiator of that church. Are you getting me there? Give to God, give to the general overseer. And then the, the man at that place 
Never go and dishonor. Never say anything that seems to downplay. If you think that he's, he's doing something which is unscriptural or not right, you talk to the person as an individual, but you don't talk to any other person. These are ethics. Can I have an amen? Yeah. So from this place, power is released. From this place, we said the altar is the place where what? You receive inspiration, instructions, directions, and power is released unto you. May power be released unto you. May salvation be released unto you. Don't people get saved as you are preaching from the pulpit? Don't people get saved when he... Don't, don't they get healed as preaching? We stand from the pulpit or on the altar? That is it. That is how powerful the altar is. So, when Noah gave the sacrifice, the Lord smelled a sweet savor, and the Lord said in his heart. So it means that any time that you bring a sacrifice, the Lord says something in his heart. When Cain and Abel took their sacrifices, the Lord said something in his heart. But we say that in Genesis 4, the Lord had respect for Abel, Abel and his sacrifice. But for Cain, who didn't offer the right sacrifice, the Lord didn't have respect for him. And the Lord said that, well, why are you angry? If you did the right thing, wouldn't you be accepted? But sin is at your door. That means sin offering is at your door. That means that there is still something for you to sacrifice and you shall be accepted. Can I have an amen? Okay, let's go back to our Genesis 18 quickly. I'm still working the word. Don't say working the word. So Noah built an altar unto the Lord. No, verse 21. The Lord smelled the savor, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite anymore every living thing as I have. Done because he killed every living thing. All human beings died except for Noah and his uh, wife, three children, and their wives. Only eight people were saved. Are you following me? Now he said that I will not smite 21. I want to show you something over there. I'm not in a hurry. He says that I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. It means that God didn't curse man, he cursed the ground of man. Originally, you realize that. In Genesis chapter 3, when man sinned, God didn't curse Adam. And he didn't curse Eve. He, if he cursed Adam and Eve, then it means the second Adam, Jesus, would have also been cursed. But he cursed the ground. Your ground is where you get your sustenance from. So God says that where you get your sustenance from, I am cursing it. But when you relate with me, then I will bless it. That's the reason why. So your ground is cursed. And the way to reverse or neutralize the curse of your ground is to bring him sacrifices. Is to bring him your tithes. And Malachi chapter 3 verse 10 says that bring you all the tithe into the storehouse. That means that be interested in building a house. And anybody who is interested in building a house of God, God says I will neutralize the curse against you. Are you following me? Bring all the tithes and storehouse that there may be food in my house. Prove me now. If I serve the Lord, the Lord of hosts, serve the Lord of the battles. That means that there's a battle against you because the ground is cursed. There's something raised against you from the ground. 
But I, the Lord of hosts, I, the God of the battles, when you bring the tithe, I will open unto you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. And as the blessing comes, what happens? The Bible says, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and addeth no sorrow. So it means that the blessing of the Lord will take you away from poverty into prosperity. Then he says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Whatever has been eating your stuff, I will confront it. And it shall not destroy the fruit of your ground. Neither shall your vine cast the fruit before the type in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And I like the verse number 12, where he says that you shall be, all nations shall call you blessed. From today, may all nations call you blessed. For you shall be a delightsome land. You will be a delightsome husband, a delightsome man, a delightsome woman, a delightsome wife, a delightsome child, a delightsome businessman, a delightsome business. Oh, this church, I don't know where you are. I am speaking the word of God. Amen. Missy, you will be a delightsome land. Your life will be a delightsome life. Amen. Amen means that what was said from the pulpit, Lord, let it be. When, when, when Mary was told that she was going to be the mother of the Messiah, she, says, she said, Amen to it. When she said, be it unto me according to thy word. That moment she said it, that's when the miracle was initiated. How do I know that? Because from there, she went to Elizabeth's house. And then the baby in Elizabeth's womb leaped. And then she said, the, how come that she started prophesying that the mother of my Messiah has come to me? It means that that, that moment, Mary had taken the seed when she said, be it unto me. So the moment you, you, you accept the word, spiritual conception takes place. May you receive spiritual conception. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Can I have an amen? Okay. Now number two. An altar is a place where we take our tithes and our offerings. So it's a place where we make a sacrifice. It's a place where we take our heart, tithes and offering. Deuteronomy chapter 26, verse number 1. Deuteronomy 26, verse number 1. And it shall be, when thou art come into, unto the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee for inheritance, and possesses it, and dwell therein, continue, that thou shalt take of the first of all the fruit of the earth, which thou shalt bring of thy land, that the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shall put it in a basket, and shall go into the place which the Lord thy God shall choose to place his name there, and you shall go into, unto the priest, that you shall, that shall be in those days, and say unto him, I profess this day unto the Lord thy God, that I am come unto a country which the Lord swore unto our fathers for to give us. Amen. And the priest shall take the basket out of thy hand, and set it before the altar of the Lord thy God. So you realize that you bring the thing. So that's why your tithe, you must bring it. And that's why the priest stands here to receive it on your, on your behalf. And it is placed on the altar and it's given to God. I didn't have an amen? Yeah. So the altar is a place where we bring our tithes and our offerings. Amen. And everybody, you must endeavor to be able to come to the altar and bring your tithes and your offering. Just like in Malachi 3, 10, he says that, bring you all the tithes. He says, send. Say, bring. Except you are in a condition where you have to take it. Rather than that, say, bring you yourself. Bring yourself and come to the altar. 
And when you come to the altar, the altar will speak for you. As you pay your tithes, may the altar speak for you. As you bring your offerings, may the altar speak for you. One definition of altar is the house of God. So anytime that you bring your offering to the house of God, the altar begins to speak for you. Now, your sacrifice may not necessarily only be material or physical, but it could also be your time. Amen. Yeah, not everybody may have a certain physical thing. Maybe money, maybe the person is not working or something, so he may not have the money. He may not, but you can give your time, you can give your talent, you can give your resource, you can give your ideas. Amen. And so when we come to church, it's important that everybody plays a role in the church. That's why Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 says that present your body's what? A living sacrifice. What God has put in you, present it unto God. So join a group. The question is that, what have you been doing for God? Which department have you been serving? How can you be remembered when you are not around? Amen. You see, our dear sister and auntie, Janet, had to go and be with the Lord. But I, I remember her so much. For most of the time, she's sitting somewhere here. And then see her in worship, worshiping, not staring, not talking to people, staring, and her children, especially the other daughters, by her. A lot of the times, late afternoons, when the servitor, you see her go to the back there with little Sarah, sometimes with Hannah, and going to clean the toilet. These are memorials. How will you be remembered? You see a cleaning the house of God. When you come, the chairs are clean and things. These are people who come and clean the house of God. And these are being recorded. I told you the other day that there are records in heaven. It's in Revelation. So the things you are doing, they are, they are being recorded. You come for quiet practice. If you are supposed to come and sing, you don't come and sing. It's being recorded. You didn't come and sing. You didn't come and sing. You decided to go for holidays. I don't feel like singing. Sometimes I don't feel like. I, I don't feel like. I don't feel like. Somebody has anointed me. So I won't sing. I won't dance. I won't, I won't serve. I won't usher again. Eh? Somebody decided, I won't usher again. Because his brother wanted to join the same department. Say he doesn't want it. I won't. I, I'm changing. It's amazing how people can their understanding of the things of God. Amen? So how much time do you give unto the things of God? Remember we said present your body. Tell someone present your body. And you see, you must learn if you want to serve, eh, you, something must die out of you. Psalm 118 verse 27. I want to show you something quickly. Psalm 118 verse 27. 118. God is the Lord who has showed us light. Read it with me. One, two. Bind the, bind what? the sacrifice we cause even unto the, unto the horns of the altar. Now in the Old Testament days, when they were taking their, their sacrifices, they take them, killed, and put it on the altar. Is that right? 
Because you see, now, the reason why the sacrifice, what you are taking, must be there. You must kill it. It means that as you are bringing offering, even to the altar, it must die. So when you bring your offering, you say, what have they used my money for? It means you, are, you didn't allow your sacrifice to die. Your sacrifice has jumped from the altar. What are, you, are they using my tithes for? What are you, I'm, I'm not preaching to you, eh? Yeah. You give a dress to somebody, you give a dress to somebody, and then you say, that is my dress. That is my cloth. I'm sure I'm dialing some numbers. Sometimes it, it happens to his own audience. You say, hey, challenge that my shirt I gave you. Yeah, man, you have not let it die. And sometimes when the person wears it and he feeds the person, but I say, ah, ah, I miss it. Maybe I should have kept it too. I should have worn it. It means that the thing you gave didn't die. Yeah. Yeah. One day somebody brought me an offering that had not died. It was a television. She bought a television. In fact, I wasn't watching TV. She brought at that time to my kids and said, oh, she wants them to, there's a period, loaned it to them. And then later I said, oh, I'm using it for my blessing. I said, okay, fine. And then one day when she got angry, I heard that she was saying that she had brought me television and things like that. So I took the television offering to her house because the television had not died. Take your television and let me free. The interesting thing is that the moment I took the television back, that week God gave me a brand new one. You see, when you have, well, you are going to sacrifice and your goat or your sheep is not dead and you put it on the fire, what will happen? It will jump away. Are you getting me? So when your sacrifice is not dead, it will jump away and God will not enjoy of it. Who is here who wants to eat fish or goat or sheep that has not been killed? Do you eat the raw goat? How many of us like Aponjinkakra? Goat soup. Eh? Or, or eh, the bush meat. Eh? Yeah, crantier and stuff like that. Do you eat it raw? It must be killed before it is taken to the fire. Other than that, it will jump up. It means that you cannot make use of a meat you have not killed. And you know what? God cannot make use of you if he hasn't killed you or you are not dead yet. Before God uses anybody seriously, he kills them first. When I say kills them, I'm not saying physically slaughter them. You see, you have to die to self. Die to your feelings. There are people, it's like the moment somebody doesn't shake their hands well, no, they're angry. They say bye bye to church, to, to God. Bye bye, yo. Una po. 
Unapo. You sing unapo to go. Unapo. Eh, unapo. Springs of Lanyamie. Bye-bye. Unapo. Eh, unapo. Bye-bye. Unapo. Bye-bye. Unapo. Bye-bye. Why? 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 It's immaturity. You are not dead yet. You are still a baby. It's children who do things that are not so significant. It becomes a problem to you. You are not dead. And until you die, the Bible says, until King Uzziah died, eh? till somebody died. When, when King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Something must die before you can see the Lord. <laughs> are you getting me? Yeah. You see, Moses, before Moses was used by God, Moses was like a prince in the palace of Pharaoh. He had been trained like an army general over there. And the moment Moses met two, saw two guys fighting, what happened? He killed one of them quickly. And God said, this guy, if I am to use him in his, this state, he will kill all my people. He will, kill, he will physically kill them. And because he is also God's representative, he will speak things to kill them. And so God had to take him to the backside of the desert for 40 years to get Egypt out of him. To get self out of him. At the end of the day, Pastor, they described Moses as the meekest man on the earth. How did he become meek? A man who was killing, a killer, had now become a meek man. It meant that God had to take something out of his heart. But, are you here with me? I'm preaching to you. Your hair is looking nice. Okay. Until you undergo circumcision, eh? there's something like circumcision of the heart. And even for the males, if you don't go through circumcision, you collect debt. And that is the place where you are circumcised is the place where, which is the place for communication and is the place for reproduction. It means that you'll be reproducing debt. Debt collects on you. So God says that if I'm to use you, you have to cut off the flesh. Circumcision is what? Cutting off the flesh. That means that the flesh part of you must go. Am I preaching somebody here? Yeah. yeah. So, when they ask you to do something, they say, they didn't give me enough time, so I can't do. Why? What, what enough time? You have to come and do it. If they ask you to come and do MC, you say, I need to. You don't need two weeks to come and do MC. Amen? Come for rehearsal. 4 o'clock. You come at 5.30. Praise the Lord. And sometimes we want the preeminence. But when they say concerning John the Baptist that hey, Jesus, the man you baptize, more people are going to him. What did he say? He said, he must, I must decrease, he must increase. The self was gone. Hallelujah. Listen. 
Sometimes you say, Lord, in fact, God will allow certain things to operate in your life in order to straighten you. Do you know that when you are straightening any metal that is crooked, it makes sound? Eh? Do you know aluminum pan? Sometimes it dents a little. Or your pan, that's a... When you are straightening that, what happens? You hear, kong, 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 kong. So, when you are being straightened by God, a certain sound will be made. But God is making your life better. Bible says God is a consuming fire. So, when you put your life on the altar of God, hey, some things will burn you. You can see that something is working against you. But at the end of the day, it will work for your good. Can I have an amen? amen. So, for God to use you, like I said, He first of all has to what? Kill you. He has to get the flesh out of you. Let's look at one or two scriptures related to that and we'll continue. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 to 11. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 to 11. For they that are after the flesh... Let's read together one, two... For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Continue for me. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. May you get life and peace. But because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Yeah? So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. It's Amen? Your flesh. Me, I don't want this. I don't want that. Why did they say this about me? Why did they tell me I should stand up? Why did they correct me this way? Why did they... Why did they... No, no please. Flesh. I must go. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. It so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his... And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit of life because of righteousness. 11, everybody read together. But if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwells in you. Can I have an amen? amen. You may write Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 10. And then you read it later. Hallelujah. Then let's go to James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. Colossians 3, 1 to 10. That one, read it. Now, he said, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse what? temptations. I like the King James. I like the King James. New King James. Or NIV. King James, New King James. Uh, NIV. Consider a pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of what? Many kinds. It means that brothers will face what? Trials. It means your faith will be tried. Consider, because you know that the testing of your faith develops what? Perseverance. Amen. It means that some things will come that will cause your life now to learn to what? Persevere. Tell somebody, persevere. Okay. Now the third thing about altars is that sacrifices of pagans are offered to demons and not to God. All sacrifices of pagans are not offered to man. Some people think that, oh, well, that we can pass through what we are doing. We are passed through the idol and we are still worshipping God. It's still the one same God. No, it is ever so. Amen. When you read First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 14 to 22, 
The Bible says that the things that the Gentiles, which is the unbelievers, sacrifice, is sacrifice unto idols. All sacrifices that are made by unbelievers, they are sacrificing unto idols. They are sacrificing unto evil spirits. And then, because of that, you are not to be a partaker of it. Can I have an amen? You must not go to a festival or a, you know, a program like that, and when they are offering food, food meant for idols, you eat of it. You are partaking of the spirits of that place. Can I have an amen? Then yeah. don't say that it is cultural. Yeah, yeah, cultural. Yeah, it is not every cultural or tradition something which goes with the word of God. And the Bible speaks against it clearly. Everybody, read it with me. Therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. Uh-huh. Continue on quickly. I speak as to wise men. Judge what I say. <laughs> Continue the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, for we be many are one bread and one body. For we are all partakers of that word, one bread. So when we eat of the communion, we become partakers of the body of Christ. Verse 18. Behold, Israel after the flesh are not they which eat of the sacrifices, partakers of the altar, Eh? Those who eat of the sacrifices, they are partakers of what? Of the altar. So if they bring a sacrifice to an altar and you eat of the things offered to the altar, you are a partaker of the altar. That means the things that were offered to the spirits there. Verse 19. What say I then? That the idol is anything or that which is offered in sacrifice to idols is anything? 20. But say, but I say that the things, everybody read it, what? Wildly, the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to and not to. And I would not that you should have fellowship with devils. So, when they are offering sacrifices to idols, the thing they are giving to them, they are offering them to devils. And so, it, your participation in it means that you are fellowshipping with devils. It also parts. Sometimes people give money. You buy the drinks, whatever. Some, I know one guy, who was the university. I went to meet him, he was my senior. I think, uh, my senior about two years. He repeated and repeated, went to meet him. He repeated again. So I bypassed him. They repeated again. Now, this guy, those days they used to repeat to. It's today that Ghana government doesn't want repetition. They repeat. So the guy was repeated. <laughs> and he was, he was from somewhere in the north. And he came into the fellowship that I was ministering at. He was part of it. And I knew he came from this idolatrous background. And I told him that he should cut himself from it. And every time he'll be sending money over there. And once you send the money, they will mention your name. In fact, the truth is that even when you have not mentioned send the money. Once you are part of the family, they'll be mentioning your name when they are pouring like they are doing their thing. So it is up to you now to revoke those things. And the way to revoke them or to cancel them is to speak to those altars to negate their words and raise your altar. You must raise a superior altar. 
Because they may be sitting there. Half of them, they don't know who you are. Hey, now, now, this person, they don't mention your name. They don't mention their name. And maybe they'll mention your father's name. Eh? Pinto and children. Then were Ohini Sabi and children. And this and once you mention Ohini Sabi and children, they have not mentioned your name Stephen, but Stephen has been included. Are you getting me? So now you that you are hearing this message that you understand it, now must every day rise up and say, any altars that are standing against me, I command those altars to crash. And I destroy them. And after I destroy them, I do not let them stay because anything that you, you let them stay and there's a vacuum, the vacuum shall be filled. So now you must raise the altar of God. Amen. Amen. The next few minutes, what I'm going to say is very important. Don't sleep. Don't blink an eye. It's going to help you. Can I have an amen? amen. That takes me to my fourth point. An altar is a place where God or a deity, where, where we meet God or a deity. I'm going to show you. Now, in Nahum chapter 23, so, sorry, uh, Numbers chapter 23, Numbers chapter 23, Balak, I'm talking to you about the importance of, listen, Balak, the Moabites, were going to fight against Israel, and they had heard about how strong Israel was. Israel was conquering the other nations. All other nations that came their way. And so, he realized that in order to overcome them, it means that their God must be against them. Listen, for the devil knows that he can't overcome you unless you do something that makes God to be angry with you. Or for God to be, if God is angry with you, if God be for you, who can be against you? But if God is against you, then who can be for you? So, it's a good question. So, Balak went to Balaam, the prophet of God. And every time people want to curse you or to destroy you, they try to go to spiritual authorities. Are you following me? I hear you are going home. Should I stop the preaching? If you are tired, I'll stop the preaching and then I'll, I'll drink water and sit down. Okay. Now, they always want to use spiritual beings or spiritual authorities. So he went to Balaam. And then Balaam then said, build me seven altars. Have you seen it? To be able to declare a word against them and to get the backing of God, he said they should build for him what? Seven altars and prepare me here seven oxen and seven rams. And then Balak did as Balaam had spoken. And Balak and Balaam offered on every altar a bullock and a ram. Chale? Name Shekas here. And here, Ram. And Balaam said unto Balak, Stand by the, watch it, listen to this. Stand by thy burnt offering. And I will go. So he realized that that burnt offering was for who? Balak. I will go. Peradventure, the Lord will come to meet me. So he realized that the altar is a place. Once a sacrifice is made, a deity must come and meet you. And this time, because he thought he was offering unto God, God must come and meet him. And whatsoever he shows me, I will tell you. Whatsoever he shows me, I will tell you. So it means that a deity comes to show you something. Anytime that you offer the sacrifice. Can I have an amen? Amen. 
Now, originally, when Balaam was called by Balak, God even said, don't go. But because Balak was offering him money, monetary condition, he decided to go. He, he bargained with God. And God said, when you go, don't say anything except what I'm saying. That's the reason why he made this statement that whatsoever he shows me, I will tell you. It means that don't be a Balaam. Tell someone, don't be a Balaam. Balaam prophets are prophets who are after money. They prophesy because of money. They prophesy because of things. Be a true prophet of God. I said, be a true prophet of God. Don't be a stomach direction prophet. Don't be, don't be, don't be a prophet that when they invite you, you say, How many, what, what is your number? Are there rich people in the church? Are there carpet sellers in the church? Are there iron rod sellers in the church? Are there contractors in the church? Are there businessmen in the church? Are there some colored women in the church? Don't do that. Go and share the word of God. Freely you have received, freely give. Let the God who called you, let him be your blessing. Never ever do the work of God because of money. I know you wash your dresses. You need soup. You don't go and pick it from total shelf and say, I've come. Laboda laba shaba. Tunemalaba. Soup. Eh? The thing you use for washing, what's the name? Washing soup. What's the name of the soup? Omo? Ariel. Ariel. Limo le shikaruna neababash. Then you go to the market there. Nimo finga lida muda yama yabasi tomatoes. Yeah, I belong to Springs of Life. I have come. You will see what they will tell you. <laughs> but, but the Lord will still supply. Can I have an amen? Give the Lord a hand of praise, somebody. In fact, at the end of the day, about 21 altars were raised in order to be able to curse. Israel. But God came out with a prophetic word in Numbers 23-23. And he said that there shall be no divination or enchantment. There is no enchantment against Jacob. Neither is there any divination against what? Israel. According to this time. So it means that, you see, the man was contracted to actually curse Israel, but he ended up blessing. So he was even angry and said, he said, I called you to bless, curse my enemies, you are blessing them. The one that is blessed by God is blessed. And you are uncursable. I say you are uncursable. You are uncursable. Because the Lord God Almighty has blessed you. His hand is over your life. His hand of protection is your portion. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. He is a lifter up of your head. When they come in one way, they shall scatter in seven ways. They shall flee in seven ways. I said they shall flee in seven ways. The Lord shall discomfit them. The Lord shall release his arrows. Do you know that God has arrows? Psalm 144. The Lord has arrows. May the arrows of God visit your enemies. In their camp in the name of the Lord Jesus. Any enemy that has been assigned against you. May the lightnings of God strike them into pieces. 
in the name of Jesus. Any altar that you have raised against you from your father's house and mother's house, any ill wish and any ill desire from anybody, any talking of darkness, any cloud that you're trying to use to cover your destiny, cover your stomach, cover your life, we command that, 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 that black cloth to burn into ashes in the name of the Lord Jesus. Anything that is manipulating your, your examination results, uh, uh, manipulating your marriage, uh, ma- ma- manipulating childbirth, uh, manipulating business, uh, manipulating your future. As a servant of the living God, I stand here as an apostle of the Most High God and I command the yokes of darkness to be destroyed. Whatever is delaying your marriage to bear any altar from your father's house and mother's house, that's a young men and women, they, can, they cannot marry, they will not marry, they will only have children minus you. Today we command those authors to break and to burn into ashes in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God. We pray the hand of Jehovah to arrest every divination, every enchantment, every spell, every trap, anything that is fighting your business, any agent of darkness who has been sent to fight your business, we, we, we declare, we fight the fighter, we oppose the oppressors, we rebuke the rebukers, we say, let God arise and every enemy be scattered in the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the living God, we speak against any evil set against you, we speak against any pronouncement, and when people smile at you, pretentious people, we curse their words, we curse their program. When they sit in conferences, we overthrow their tables and overrule their rulers. Every handwriting of the ordinances of the enemy, any evil records that have been recorded against you, today we plead the blood of Jesus and we cancel handwriting of shame, handwriting of deprivation. Every spirit of disfavor, we cancel that disfavor in the name of Jesus. Every spirit of disfavor. We cancel it in the token of padlock that they have padlocked your destiny into it. Today we open the padlock. We open the padlock and we declare your destiny shall be released. May your destiny be released. Whatever God has ordained for you that the devil has tried to lock it up, we command that it shall be released unto you. In the Baranda Shikata Tapratosa Taprata Soda. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the Living God, we decree and declare to that any evil pronouncement from your father's house is silenced by the power of the Holy Ghost. Any voice, any voice, any voice that is speaking against you. Hey, any evil spiritual record will cancel the recording in the name of the Lord Jesus. Any token, any token will cancel the evil token. Any, anything that black powder that they sprinkle, any powder that they have sprinkled at your doorstep. We remove the black powder. We destroy their power and their effect against your life. Any black powder, any evil powder, any enchantment, any horn that has been used to be raised against you. Today, we command those horns to be broken into pieces. In the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the living God, and the marital delay, we command the power to go. In the feathers, in the feathers of the enemy, Rapete Shikata we command those feathers to be destroyed. Whatever tries to fly over your house, may they fall. Any evil bird, any owl that flies, may they fall. Any satanic cat, we command them to die. In the name of the Lord Jesus, 
any evil dogs that have been sent to bite you, any snake that have been sent to bite you, we shake the snake into the fire. 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 Any viper that have been sent to bite you, today we have become serpent and scorpion and all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by enemies hurt you from today. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we, we, we employ angels. We employ angels. May angels be activated to work here right now. May angels work. Angels work. Angels work. Angels work. Angels work. And the altar. And nobody that took your hair. That took your hair as a point of contact. That took your fingernails as a point of contact. That took your toenails. As a point of contact, today we destroy that point of contact. In the name of the Lord Jesus, Liberoshita, Zendebodose, Shabakatobode, Lebebe, Enefudu power, Enefudu power, wherever they took your name, we come against that Voodoo power. By the power of the Holy Ghost, by the blood of the Lamb, we employ the power of the blood on this altar. We declare this altar. A superior altar to any altars of the enemy in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the Living God. We cancel the altar of premature death, we cancel the altar of tragedies, we cancel the altar of affliction, altar of confusion and disfavor. We break them into pieces right now in the name of Jesus. Hey! 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 In the name of Jesus. Oh, we are going to pray, but I want to show you something. How to deal with the altars. How to deal with the altars. Just sit for a minute. In Exodus chapter 7 verse 15. The Lord told Moses. Moses. The Lord told Moses. He should go to Pharaoh when he, Pharaoh, is at his altar at the Nile and speak. Every morning, Pharaoh will go to his altar. If Pharaoh goes to his altar, you must go to your altar. Tell your friend, if Pharaoh goes to his altar, you must go to your altar. What was Pharaoh's altar? Pharaoh's altar was the Nile. Ben. Pharaoh's water was the Nile. And every morning he goes there. And God knew that every morning he was going there. So he told Moses that go to the place. And when you go, say to him. It means that when you go, you've got to go and neutralize the power of the Nile. Why did he go to the Nile? Because the Nile was known as the father of the gods of Egypt. So he was going to the father. The and father means source. Pata, source. So it means that when you are dealing with anything, you must deal with the 
source. To deal with every root, every tree, not the fruit, the roots. So there are things in your life you must deal with the, the root source. So the Lord showed him that he says that you shall say, start from 15 so that we can get it well. Get, go, get thee, do it new King James for me. Barodash, NKG or NIV. Go to Pharaoh in the morning. As he goes out to the water, wait on the bank of the Nile to meet him and take in your hand the staff that was changed into a snake. And say, then say to him, then what? Then what? That means that what? Speak to him. The Lord, the God of the Hebrews has sent me to say to you, let my people go so that they may worship me in the desert. Is that right? Now, between Exodus 7, 16 to Exodus 8, 20, there about, there were about three spectacular miracles that the Lord performed. Turned water, the water into blood. Can you imagine? Your water, your whole river has turned into blood. Frogs are coming to the land. And still the man will go there every day. It shows his resilience and his commitment to the place. To the altar. It means that when you are even going to the altar, you have not yet seen results, keep going. It means that if you came in here and you are not married, keep coming. When you have not seen the prisoner break too, keep coming. That guy was going. But there's a principle here that the Lord was teaching him that when you go, how do you overcome the God of the Nile? The way to overcome the God of the Nile is to speak to it. Are you getting me? So he was to speak. Tell somebody, speak. I will show you another one. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. In Jeremiah 1, 9 and 10, Angela, you didn't write Jeremiah 1, 9 and 10. You didn't write. I'm teaching something very important. Write. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, now I have put my words in your mouth. Now, why did the Lord put his word in the mouth? Pastor Ben, why did the Lord put his word in the mouth of Jeremiah? The result, the reason is verse 10. That he was supposed to deal with altars. Anything that stands against the things of God. And the way to deal with it is that, see, today, I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to what? Uproot, root down, two. Tear down, three. Destroy, four. Overthrow, then before you what? Build and plant. I like it in the uh, King James, proper King James, Kojovi, KJV. You have, I have set you over nations. I have set you over nations to what? To root out. To root out. How do you root out? He said, the Bible said that the axe is laid to what? To the, the roots. And the Bible said that you are the battle axe. The axe is laid to the root and you are the battle axe of the Lord. It means that you are the one to what? So by your life. So how do you become the battle axe of the Lord? By I have put my word in your mouth. Root out. But you see, you can root out something, but you may not so root out, pull down. Because there are some plants that grow vegetatively. So root out, pull down, and what? Destroy. And then overthrow. Throw down. Throw down. Overthrow. 
It is when you have done these four things, then you do the next two things. In order to overcome any altar, you see, some of us, what we do is that we raise the altar, but we don't do the first one. You must do the first one. It's like when you are planting something. You don't plant among weeds. You must clear the land. And clearing the land is more difficult than planting the seed. So root out, pull down, destroy, and throw down. Before you what? You will build and plant. That is the way. We are going to root out. Pull down. Say, I will root out. So, listen. Anytime you build a new altar without destroying the old one, you've done nothing. Why do, am I saying that? In Israel, they had the altars of Baal. You know, Ahab married a woman who was a priestess of Baal, known as Jezebel. Then, she imported those idols into Israel. At a certain time, it became a problem. Should we serve Baal or we should serve Jehovah? So there was a contest. And in that contest, Elijah call fire. Is that not it? And then kill the prophets of Baal. But later on, when Jezebel heard it, she went after Elijah. And Elijah had to run away. Why did Elijah run away? Because Elijah did not destroy the altars of Baal. Even though he had called fire, he had not destroyed the altars of Baal. So, Jezebel could invoke on the altars of Baal again. Are you following me? And so he had to run away. On the other hand, when you look at Judges 6, the story of Gideon, where God, the angel of the Lord visited him, and he said, Gideon, that mighty man of valor. And he said, mighty man of valor, Ahiva. Where are the wonders and the miracles that our fathers talked about? Then the Lord said, I'm going to help you. I'm going to use you. Then the Lord told him that he should go to his... In order to win the battle... Are you here with me? Oh, I'm sharing something very powerful. In Judges chapter 6, 12 to 15, or to 16, and 25 to 27, the Lord told him that over there. Let's read it. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said... The Lord is with you, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, O oh my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befalling us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of? Then jump to verse number 14. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? Is that not it? The Lord is sending you to save your family. Listen, there's a reason why you got born again amongst many people in your family. I said there's a reason why maybe you are the first person. Or maybe now you are the only person. But you are supposed to be a deliverer. You are supposed to be a trailblazer. You are supposed to bring about a change in the family. Can I have an amen? And then he said, oh my Lord, how shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh. And, and I am the least in my father's house. The interesting thing is that the one who thinks is nothing, he's the one God uses. If you think you are nothing made from today, may the Lord use you. May the Lord anoint you. May the power of God come upon your life. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Somebody shout out, receive it. Then jump to 25 and 20, to 27. And it came to pass that same night that the Lord said unto him, 
Everybody read with me. Take your father's young bullock, even the second bullock of seven years old. And what? Throw down the altar of Baal that your father has and cut down the groove that is by it. Did you see that? And it came to pass that and build what? An altar unto the Lord thy God upon the top of this rock in the ordered place. And take the second bullock and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the groove with which thou shalt cut down. Hallelujah. Then Gideon took ten men of his heaven and did as the Lord had said unto him. What did the Lord say to him? What did the Lord say to Gideon? Oh, we just read it. What did the Lord say to Gideon? Destroy what? The altars of thy father. So it means that if there are altars, your altars of your father, altars in your hometown, altars in your father's house, altars in your mother's house, the, those altars will be speaking against you. And so first of all, put down those altars. And it is after that that he told him that no, no, raise the altar. Did you get that? It was after that. And that's the reason why Gideon, the reason why he was able to go to war with 300 people, only 300 people, and defeated the enemy was because no altar was speaking against him. Because the altar was, that was to speak against him, he had destroyed it. And because he had destroyed it, he had rooted it out, pulled it down, destroyed it, and built and planted the altar of God. Then the altar of God was on his side. And because the altar of God was on his side, the altars, uh, no other people could defeat him. So with 300, he won. We are going to root out. Any altar that is remaining, that is standing and speaking, we will remove it. Oh, are you in the church? Yeah. I said, any altar. What you have to understand that altars are speaking. This morning, like this, I know they, some people have been trying to raise altars around. Eh? Oh, yeah. Altars around. And we, you have to rise up and pull down some altars. Because every altar has a spirit back in it. And every altar speaks. Remember that when Noah offered his sacrifice, raised the altar, God said in his heart. So when you raise an altar, God will also speak. That's why I taught you last week that the altar speaks. As I bring my message to a close, I'm going to show you that inside Every altar. Tell somebody, break the altar. Look at it. I'm going to show you something. Exodus chapter 34 verse 13. But ye shall destroy their altars. Break. Break what? Their images. And cut down their groups. Is that all? For thou shalt worship no other god. For the Lord whose name is jealous is a jealous word, God. Hallelujah. Who? That's what we are pulling down. We are going to pray. But I'm going to show you what is going to happen. Revelation 14, 18. When we pray, when we build altars, Kevin, angels show up. Spirit come up. Revelation 14, 18. And another angel, everybody read with me. 
another what? Angel came out from the altar. It means that when we invoke, when we make sacrifices, angels are released. Do you remember that? Bishop Dad was standing here. He was standing here. And he said, God has released angels. New angels. What's that? He's changed the angels and giving me more powerful angels. Yeah. Oh, from the altar. From the altar. Are you getting me? That is why, in fact, in certain places and go, even when they are raising altars, there are things they, are, they put there. Yeah. There are things they put there. Sometimes, okay, I don't want to guess that. Some of you, your mind is this thing. You will not understand some spiritual things. So I, I won't go there. I won't go there. <laughs> some people want to urge me to get there, but, you know, I, I won't go there. There are, things, there are things they put there. Are you getting me? Pastor, another angel came out from the altar which had what? Power over fire. Any fire that is against you, there is an angel from the altar of God that has power over fire. It means that as you are in the fire, the angel will come and pick you out of it. Any fire that you are in, may the angel of the Lord pick you out of it. Any fire of poverty, may the angel of the Lord pick you out of it. Any fire of sickness, may the angel of the Lord pick you out of it. Fire of premature death, may the angel of the Lord pick you out of it. Fire of shame, may the Lord, angel of the Lord pick you out of it. The angel of the Lord has power over fire. And cried with a loud cry to him. That had the sharp sickle saying, thrust in thy sharp sickle. Ain't it? Now make a child there. All time. Things come out of the altar. Can I have an amen? Yeah. Powers. So say powers. Let me tell you something. Later I'm going to treat how the demonic world, their altars, their spirits in it, their things. Some of them they inhabit trees. Their spirits in it. They inhabit rivers. Or water bodies, there are spirits in it. They are inhabit stones, there are spirits in it. They inhabit all kinds of things. By the grace of God, we shall get into it. Don't miss any Sunday because we are going to get into some things. Are you following me? So, if there are spirits in those altars and they rise up to do things, then I want you to know that there's also. Behind every altar, I told you that what? There's a spirit being. That means that a spirit, the Holy Spirit, is here. Hallelujah. Isaiah 6 6, and we pray. Isaiah 6 6. We are going to pray. Shalabaros. Are you ready to pray? Then flew one of the seraphim. The seraphims are angels. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, with which he had taken with the tongues from off the altar. So what happened? The seraphim came from where? 
of the altar. So the angel came from where? Of the altar. So the altar contains spirit beings. So anytime that you bring your sacrifice, as you are seeing your sacrifices here, is that right? Which is a reflection of your life, the Spirit of God will visit every life that has laid a sacrifice here. He's touching the life. So this sacrifice is a point of contact. It's a, it's a point of contact for the communication between you, the giver, and the deity, the Spirit of God, the Spirit behind it, to activate it. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not out of word, but I'm out of time. And we need to pray. We are going to stand to pray. Jesus
are praying that fire from heaven should consume everything that is negative in our family life. Every altar from the family land that is left standing that tries to speak against us, may the fire from the altar of God consume it in Jesus' name. Any token that they have used as a point of contact to cover our destiny, any black cloth, we command that the fire of God will burn the black cloth into ashes. Anything that they have sprinkled, we neutralize their powers in the name of Jesus. Any invocation will destroy their influence in Jesus' name. Now, how in the Old Testament days, they, they destroyed the altar by physically pulling it down. But in the New Testament, you don't have to go and pull down anybody's personal thing. So don't go to your hometown or your father's house and say, these idols are pulled down. You pull them down by the word in your mouth. That's why in Jeremiah 1, it says that I have put my word in your mouth, root out, pull down, destroy, and overthrow. Then after that, we build them plants. Can I have an amen? amen? Are you ready to do that? Oh, yes. Are you ready to do that? Yeah, yes. Any home that they have put anywhere to push your life backwards, we cut off the home. Jesus. I said we cut off the home. Jesus. Any evil hand manipulating the affairs of your life, Jesus. today we employ the axe of God amen. to cut it off in Jesus' name. Amen. Bible said the axe is laid to the root and that you have God's battle axe. We are going to deal with it in Jesus' name. Amen. Lift your hand and say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. Say with life. Listen. I'm teaching you this because this is spiritual warfare. Can I have an amen? If you are standing by somebody who will be gentle, gentle will stop you. Move from the place. I give you permission. Move from the place. And then pray. Hallelujah. Say, Father, my heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that by the covenant that I have with you, through the blood of Jesus, I come. Your word says, whatever I bind on earth is born in heaven. Whatever I lose is loose. Therefore, I bind over power and destroy in the altar. That is set against me. Fire of God from the altar of God. I ask today that you scatter and burn every altar in my family life, my father's house, my mother's house, my community that is left standing against me. That speaks against me. I silence anything. That speaks against my life. Whatever speaks against my children, I overpower you. In the evil force, the altar that speaks against my marriage, in the form of confusion, I curse you and I bind you in the spirit, in the altar that fights against my family, my business. I overcome you right now. But today, we pray down every satanic altar be consumed by the fire of God. Every token raised against me, neutralized by the power of the Holy Ghost right now. Every token 
holy one. As you start praying, you come to the altar. Father, in the name of Jesus, today, today, I build and plant a, a new altar, a new altar. In, in replacement, in replacement to, the to the altars of my father's house, my father's house. and my mother's love, and, my mother's house. and the altars in my community. In my community. I, declare, I declare, may the altars of, of the Lord replace all those altars, and today, on this altar of righteousness, of righteousness I decree your favor, your joy, your honor, provision, protection, preservation, long life, peace, prosperity for my life, for my family, for my children, for my business. I pray a turn around, whatever, when negative, turn it around for good. And for glory, inside my hands, oh Lord, bless the word of my hands, bless my hope, bless my business, let me possess my possession. For I'm in Zion, for my Zion, I shall be delivered. I decree, better deliverance, better healing, better strength, better favor. I declare a life of holiness and purity. Life belongs to you. Now, Lord, I pray that from today I possess all my possessions. Lord, I declare as my people was remembered and you was brought from the backside of the desert into the palace. Bring me into my palace of honor and joy. As Joseph was remembered and he came out. Of prison. Let me come out. Every prison condition as Rachel was remembered. And Lord, you open her womb today on this altar. And the womb of man that needs opening. Open. Favor womb. Marital womb. Childbearing womb. Honor womb. Glory womb. Business womb. Whatever womb that needs to open. Let it be open. Now, now, I pray for the release of your anointing, the supernatural, and the come upon my life. Change.
change, change my name, change, change, change my destiny. Take me to the place of destiny. As a club, my head, I decree victory, victory, honor, judge, peace, progress, promotion. In the name of Jesus, lift your voice. Lift your hand and just praise and bless the name of the Lord. Say, Lord, I thank you and I praise your name. Bless your holy name for your goodness. We magnify your holy name. Thank you, Jesus. Just lift your two hands and just worship God and say, Lord, we praise you. Father, we bless you. Oh, yes. Sweet Holy Spirit. Yes. Taking a deep breath. The power of God is just visiting people in this place right now. His presence is all over in this room. His grace is here. His glory is here. Oh, His presence is here. On this altar, the Lord is here. Uzini uhutu Yeyeye Munchami na mimoni zinara Oye michem Mihaini mikatado 
Just worship only as the keyboard is playing. Oh. Oh, Oh, la la Tell him something. Tell him something. Tell him something. Tell him something. Exalt his name. Oh, Ramadus.
of the Lord Jesus. Just release him. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lift your hands, somebody. All over in the auditorium. Jesus. God is changing people's languages. Your destinies are changing. Destinies are changing. Destinies are changing. Jesus! That's it. I've released the power. That's it. In the name of Jesus.
hasn't finished with her yet. Tell her to me. The Lord hasn't finished. Jesus. Holy Spirit. Jesus. Jesus. Give God some praise, somebody. Trusting and believing God for a miracle, just lift your right hand. If you are sick any part of the body, you can put your hand over there. Jesus. Lord, I stand here on this altar of grace and I speak your provision into the lives of your people. Lord, let your sacrifices come before you as a sweet smelling savor. As you smelled the sacrifice of Noah and you said in your heart you no more curse the ground 
Anything that used to be a curse today, we erase it in Jesus' name. We command shame to depart from their lives. We silence every voice of condemnation. We overpower them, we overthrow them, we render their words null and void. We say, let God arise on their behalf and every enemy be scattered in Jesus' name. In the altar of affliction, in the altar of disfavor, in the altar of premature death, in the altar of confusion, whatever kind of altar from their father's house and mother's house that are still standing as Goliath fell, so let these altars fall. Altars fall. Altars in their communities fall. Every handwriting of the ordinances of the enemy, and the evil recordings regarding their lives, and the rituals that were made against them, Today, by the blood of Jesus, we cancel those effects in Jesus' name. And we superimpose them by a new altar. Christ himself is the altar of altars. And therefore, by his shed blood on the cross of Calvary, we decree and declare that they are champions over every challenger. May your hand that is lifted up, may they possess their possessions. May you drive your cars. Build your houses. Marry your marriages. Have your children. Increase on all fronts. According to Deuteronomy 1.11 May the Lord make you a thousand times more as you are. May he let you skip like a calf let out of the stall. May you rejoice in the Lord your God. Now I make a declaration as an apostle of the living God. That whatever belongs to you. That the enemy laid hands on. We make a demand that he shall release it back to you. For when the thief shall steal and he shall be arrested, he shall restore. We decree not only a restoration, but a restitution. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And the evil escorts will banish them from your life. Evil escorts of confusion will banish them from your life. And now from today, may you walk into your destiny. May you enjoy the things that Jehovah has ordained for you. May you never have a lack. May you be a soul winner. May you be an anointed vessel of God. May you do exploits for Jesus. May you work the works of the Lord. You are blessed in your going. This week, you are blessed to be favored. This week, may you win. This week, may you be honored. In Jesus Christ's name, somebody shout a big amen. Let the Lord hear your shout of jubilation.
some shout of praise. I don't know whether you are rejoicing in his presence. Hey, he deserves to be praised. Give him some praise. Give him some worship. Give him some adoration. We praise you. Hallelujah. Amen. In the spirit that was chasing you, by the time he got to the gate, that spirit has diminished. And by the word of God and by our praise, that spirit has vanished. You are free. For who the Son says free is free indeed. Amen. You believe that? Put those two hands together. You don't understand. You don't understand. Anytime that you are putting your hands together, you are exalting Christ and slapping your enemy into pieces. Come on. You are a lot of shit out of us. Hey! Hey! Shabarala! Glory to Jesus! God. Oh, 
celebrating here, you are celebrating your victory. Yeah. I said you are celebrating your breakthrough. Yeah. You are celebrating your, your favor. Celebrating your promotion. Listen. This is the fifth month. It means favor. Someone say favor. It means to receive preferential treatment. You will receive preferential treatment. You will be in the queue far back there and they will bring you from the back to the front. That's why I always say that God will bring you from the back seat to the front seat. Because Joseph was right in a dungeon and he was brought to become the prime minister next, next to the king. Isn't it amazing? From the bottom to the top. From shame unto glory. From obscurity unto notoriety. From confusion unto orderliness. From poverty unto prosperity. From dishonor unto great honor. That is why this is your year of honor. Amen. 